why recycle? At Recycle My Electronics, we believe what's inside counts. The resources inside our devices have an almost infinite reuse capacity. That's welcome news, and this is the podcast, A Welcome Diversion. I love the name of the podcast, A Welcome Diversion. It's a diversion from e-waste, from landfills, a diversion from illegal exports, and perhaps most importantly, a welcome diversion from this last 18 months and all the nonsense we've just endured, and hopefully to a more positive, uh, optimistic future. I certainly feel it, and I hope you do too. Um, So I'm so happy to be here to help welcome a welcome diversion. Uh, I'm Mark Saltzman. If you're not familiar with my work, I call myself a technology evangelist because I like to preach about the benefits of technology, how it can enrich and enhance your life. So without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce the host of A Welcome Diversion, my esteemed colleague, Cliff Hacking. Hi, Cliff. Great to talk to you. Hi, Mark. Thank you for being here. Um, We are thrilled as well with the fact that we get to have the tech guru speak to our audience in our podcast. Um, We have followed you for years. We know the work that you do. And it's been amazing to be able to sit down and talk with you both previously and today as we move forward through this conversation. Um, We really do think that recycling is the key to the end of life and that, as you say, when it's new products being launched, you can certainly describe those with great fervor and everybody understands what it is that they're getting. Um, But from our perspective, there's a job that needs to be done at the end of the cycle as well. And uh, we're thrilled that you're here to help us with that. Thank you so much for the kind words. Um, and I've really enjoyed my work with the EPRA, the, the folks behind RecycleMyElectronics.ca, stands for uh, Electronic Products Recycling Association. Um, and it's funny, Cliff, we're almost on the opposite sides of the spectrum here. Um, as you hinted at, I'm sort of uh, welcoming new tech and, and introducing it uh, to audiences by trying to wax about the benefits of it and and maybe to avoid it altogether, obviously it's with a critical eye, but in many cases, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to explain it in plain English and get people excited about new products and services. Uh, and then you're on the other, you're on the other end. You're, you're at the end of the life cycle on, on educating Canadians about how to properly dispose of their uh, consumer electronics, you know, in a responsible manner. Uh, and as we're going to talk about this uh, podcast, as well as in future episodes, this is the inaugural one, how easy it is to do it. I think there's some perhaps uh, a misperception that it's challenging to get rid of your old tech or there's other hurdles. So we're going to demystify all of that. So once again, it is a pleasure to work with you, uh, Cliff, on this uh on this podcast. And it's funny, you know, I said I've been in this industry 25 years. I want to hear about your history. I know you've been in it for about as long. And it's, you know, in this industry, that's almost like 100 years in another industry, right? It's like dog (laughs) years. Uh, 25 years in tech is a long time. And I know that the EPRA has been around for a decade, which we'll get to in a moment. But it's interesting. So I'm, I'm at the front end of the discussion about tech and you help wrap it all up at the end. Is that is that fair? It's very fair, um, and, and I appreciate that in terms of uh, some of the background. Um, like you, I've uh, got a long history in the tech industry. Um, I uh, started uh, with a logistics career with Canadian Tire, 
and uh, an iconic Canadian organization that is across sure. the country. Hope they didn't pay you in Canadian tire dollars. Uh, no, <laughs> but I still have some in my glove compartment. Uh, <laughs> do so really? uh, I do. Yeah, that uh, joke would be lost on my kids. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's triangle these days for them. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, from there, moved to uh, Hewlett Packard and mm-hmm. uh, spent uh, quite a number of years there uh, in the high tech industry. And from that, uh, got interested in the end of life work. And as this organization was beginning, uh, was fortunate enough to become the very first employee of uh, EPRA and to build a network across the country, which allows people the ease and the convenience of recycling their end-of-life electronics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And HP, probably no surprise there because I know they're very big on sustainability, uh, environmental uh, issues. So probably a natural extension for you to take the helm at EPRA. You are, of course, the CEO and president. And you might not know this, but I was at an event that you held in January about five years ago, sitting in the audience, and I was really mesmerized at your talk. It was really captivating. And you had a lot of your, I think you call them stewards. These are your your partners, these manufacturers of tech in the audience as well. And you really helped sell the value proposition of, of EPRA and all the good work that you do. So I was really impressed uh, by that, I should tell you. So EPRA, uh, the RecycleMyElectronics.ca folks, has been doing this for about a decade. And it's been so successful, your platform, in fact, that others in the industry who don't even work with EPRA, a not, not-for-profit, has adopted many of your practices and processes. That must be flattering. It is. Um, one of the things that we're very thrilled about is that um, as a manufacturing community, um, we established the very first standard for how electronics should be recycled. Mm-hmm. That standard includes both the health and safety of workers, but also the safe and responsible recycling of end-of-life electronics. Sure. That recycling of end-of-life electronics is governed by a standard which the manufacturing community voluntarily put in place in the early days to ensure that things were being done and handled in a proper fashion, that the right environmental outcomes were assured. And from that, it has evolved into what has become international standards. And from that, we continue to have a group of people in our recycling qualification office who assess and evaluate what's going on with all of the processors that we deal with to ensure that, as I say, the health and safety of their workers is paramount, Mm -hmm. but also that the materials that are being handled there are being professionally and safely administered so that there is no risk to the environment and so that the things that might pose any hazard are captured properly and those things which bring great value are also brought back to market. Mm-hmm. And has the definition uh, changed over the years, or the, the dialogue, when it comes to recycling your old tech? It has. Um, I think that uh, one of the concerns that people have these days is around privacy and security. Mm-hmm. And so it certainly has changed from, uh, I've got this old CRT television uh, cathode ray tube, which weighs, you know, a couple hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah. And I need somebody to help me get it out of my house when it's uh, it's end of life to where we are today, where the smart technology, which you know about in you know great detail, um, allows a great deal of memory and a great deal of personal information to be stored there, yeah. which is, you know, something that has changed the way we deal with a great deal of this material. And we're going to get to that in our second episode. So a little teaser there that we will talk about privacy uh, and it, when it comes to recycling your, your tech. And we'll demystify some of the mis- 
misconceptions perhaps mm -hmm. about uh, how difficult it is to get rid of your, your personal data because that is maybe a barrier of entry for some Canadians as to why they're not uh, getting rid of their old tech or maybe they have some sentimental attachment to an old fax machine. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you said you still have Canadian uh, tire dollars in your glove compartment. So sometimes there is something we, we want to hold on to the past, but there, when it comes to tech, there's no value in it. Like, yeah, it's time. And when it comes to recycling tech, uh, Cliff, do the three R's still apply? The three R's very much apply, okay. Mark. And they uh, are? And they are reduce. Reuse right. and recycle. Oh, I jumped right to recycle. <laughs> right, right. And it's and it's important that we keep them both in that sequence. Yeah. Um, but also that we recognize the efforts that's going on in each of those areas. So we'll start with the reduce piece. Um, the manufacturing community has taken great efforts to reduce the packaging that surrounds the materials that come into play. Yeah. Now, I'm sure there's more that can be done, and every year we see evolutions from that perspective. And fewer pl plastics, too, I've noticed. Fewer plastics. Um, they also have done a great deal to reduce the form itself. So things are lighter. Um, things are easier to handle. Um, there is less material in them than there used to be from a reduction perspective. Mm -hmm. One of the other things that's been reduced is that uh, some of the materials that are in older electronics mm -hmm. have been reduced as well Good. and so if you think about mercury like hazardous sure yeah. if, if you think about uh cathode ray tubes uh they have leaded glass Ooh, so the front of a cathode ray tube whether it's a display that's at a monitor on your uh, desk or whether it was the old televisions which haven't been manufactured in quite a number of years are still coming back in from a recycling perspective and we ensure that that uh, leaded glass uh, gets reduced back and actually turned into lead ingots um, which then allows people to reuse that lead and goes back into the remanufacturing process. So that's the reduce element of things. From a reuse perspective, one of the things that are, are important for us is to make sure that things really do get to their end of life. And if there is a second life for them, if you, with the tablet you have in your hand, have decided to hand that down to one of your children mm -hmm. um, and they get to use it for a period of time before it uh, gets to its natural end of life, um, that those are good things to do. And uh, we certainly encourage that and uh, work with a number of reuse organizations, uh, including Computers for Schools, uh, which are across the country and do a great deal of fine work in that regard. Um, but then you move to the end of life. And when an electronic actually is at its end of day, uh, which can be for a number of reasons, it can be that uh, they simply don't power up anymore, which we see a lot of when they come back. It can be as well that uh, they just get to a point where the functionality doesn't deliver against the new applications that have come out. Sure. And so when we get to that end of life, uh, we want to make sure that it gets recycled properly. And as we spoke earlier about making sure that the proper standards are in place, that people's health and safety are protected, and that the environment that we all care so much about is being safeguarded is something that's paramount yeah. to us. Yeah, thank you for that, Cliff. And uh, not just diverting this electronic waste from landfills, but uh, we're also, through your program, through your platform, are able to uh, take those resources that are in today's electronics, like glass, copper, you know, other precious metals, gold, silver, and, and, and have that and put it into all new products as well. So, I mean, that's another part of the equation. One, one part is diverting it from landfills. The other part is repurposing a lot of that, those precious materials. Absolutely. And the materials themselves um, go back into the manufacturing supply chain. And when you think about uh, all of what comes out, we take the 
form that you have in your hand, the uh, notebook, the cell phone, whatever it might be, mm -hmm. printer, and they get shredded and turned back into base materials. And those base materials are pelletized. You end up with uh, pieces of plastic that are the size of, uh, you know, a, a penny or a quarter. Yeah. Um, you end up with metal that's shredded um, and gets both ferrous and non-ferrous uh, streams sent to the remanufacturing process. And as you said earlier, whether it's uh, something like mercury, the mercury gets captured and stays out of our landfills and out of our water table and allows us to reuse that in a manufacturing process. So all of those materials um, end up being reused and sent back into the remanufacturing process. And the benefit for us is several fold. Um, first of all, you're doing a good thing for the environment and keeping it out of landfills and any hazards that may you know, be projected onto the environment. But more than that, you're preventing the requirement for virgin mining, for going out and mining brand new materials, which has a much higher energy threshold mm -hmm. um, required to deliver those materials to market than just reharvesting that which we already have and repurposing it. So this is something that I learned only after working with uh, the PRA uh, a couple of years ago, learning about what's called primary production. So not only do these... Uh, precious uh, materials, uh, these resources are going into all new products. Uh, but you're also, as you said, uh, reducing the need to mine fresh from the earth, these precious materials, but also reducing the need to mine new material out of the earth, which is, again, another benefit that I never even thought of until I started working with RecycleMyElectronics.ca. Well, and to build on that, um, we believe that there is, depending upon the type of material, a roughly 10 times factor in terms of the savings that you get from harvesting material mm -hmm. in terms of recycling. In addition to that, though, um, you also know that there are a number of the kinds of materials we're talking about that they've coined as rare earth materials, which means there's a finite supply of them on the planet. Yeah. Would palladium be one of those? It, it would yeah. be for sure. Um, and, and so looking at all of that, we want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to harvest those materials and ensure that we have them for future generations. Yeah. And talk to us a bit more about the safeguards in place at your uh, recycling facilities. I had the benefit of visiting one northwest of Toronto a couple of years ago and was blown away at those safeguards. I mean, it looked like people were wearing like hazmat suits. Uh, talk to us a bit more about that process. I think people would be really curious to see, you know, behind the curtains, what it would be like there. Sure. Well, it, it is very much like that, as you say. Um, it is a secure environment. Uh, they partition, uh, much like we have had to do with uh, COVID these days, uh, a great many things. So the locker rooms are separate from the manufacturing process. There's a wash station to go through before you get to the floor. Uh, there's a great deal of that kind of protection for the environment, for the workers that are there. There are filters in the air to make sure that... Uh, any dust that might be there is captured because there can be uh, dust that has particles in it, metal and, and other particles that are captured as a result of what happens in the shredding process. Mm -hmm. So the material comes into these plants and they're entirely uh, deconstructed. So you get back down to the base material so that all of your devices as they go in um, look like pellets or ground up metal uh, as they come out the other end. Yeah, it's uh, it's like these assembly lines, if you will. I'm just trying to, you know, 
uh, just trying to explain what it looks like. Uh, and those shredders are pretty impressive. I did a stand up there for Cineplex, uh, this one minute tech mm-hmm. uh, spot I used to host before the movie started called Gear Guide. And it was really fun to shoot that there just with all the action around me and all the folks that are wearing the protective gear and sifting through all of this. But at the end of the day, like you said, if you can imagine just shredded wire in one vat uh, and then you've got, you know, uh, shredded plastics in another area. And, and we'll get to this in our second podcast about privacy. For those who forget to delete their personal information from a hard drive, just rest assured that it gets shredded down to nothing. There's no personal information uh, retained when it's, you know, shredded into a million pieces, um, which might not be the case with other recyclers, which we'll, we'll get to in the next episode. I don't want to give away the farm here. Now, do you think it's important to Canadians who are looking for new tech that the company that they're buying from embraces sustainability? Are you seeing that? I, I do. And I think that uh, if you think about uh, the environmental social governance work that's going on these days, um, there is a great deal of effort in that regard. And so I think that, you know, you do need to look for companies that are endorsing recycling efforts that are looking to do what they can in terms of uh, the sustainability of our environment. Mm-hmm. And you talked earlier about the downsizing of packaging, uh, but are you finding that tech also is becoming super lightweight, um, you know, instead of the big bulk, you talked about CRTs and the TVs with the junk in the trunk, let's call them, you know, it's now become like, you know, razor thin devices, uh, much lighter. That's another trend that you're probably seeing as well, but you're still responsible for recycling the other bulkier devices. We certainly are still responsible for the obsolescence that's out there. And there are a great many products that are no longer in use. You referenced the fax machine earlier. There are still a few of those around and probably (laughs) some in use. But they come back to us. Um, The old CRT cathode ray tube televisions are coming back to us. Not with the same frequency that they used to, but we still get them back. Um, Having said that, that lightweighting trend is something that is very important. Um, And it's something that we're tracking and working on uh, to try and understand and help society understand the measures of success. Uh, One of the things that people typically look at when they look at these things is, well, how much did you collect in volume in weight? And we do measure this material in weight. And, you know, we've got some really good metrics that help us with that. But the lightweighting trend is something that has gone, you know, many factors lighter. Um, And, you know, we have a great many kind of modules that we use to describe what a television looked like then when it was, you know, a couple of hundred pounds down to something you can pick up yourself and, uh, you know, put a a 75-inch television on the wall uh, without any help. Um, So those kinds of changes and the morphing of devices and hybrids into a simple device um, are, are things that we're absolutely tracking. And it causes us to think about how we measure success. And we've had to look at it some different ways. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so you brought up a good point. Not only are devices getting thinner and lighter, uh, but they're also this, this, there's this convergence of, of tech. So instead of buying that standalone point and shoot camera and that MP3 player and all that, it's just a single device. So obviously the metrics have changed yet. If I may set you up for this cliff is that I know that you've recently announced a huge milestone when it comes to the amount you've recycled as it pertains to weight. So maybe you could share that with us. We are really proud of what Canadians have done in terms of recycling. And uh, we hit a number of a million metric tons of collected electronic uh, end-of-life material. Wow. And that to us is phenomenal. It's important to make sure that when things get to the end of life, that they stay out of landfill, that they're not illegally exported. And we've all seen some of the tragedies that go on as far as that's concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, We want responsible, 
end-of-life recycling. And so we ask people to bring their devices back and uh, bring them to EPRA facilities, and we will make sure that they're responsibly recycled. So I think that's a great place to end off, Cliff, and I really look forward to episode two and three of A Welcome Diversion. I hope you've enjoyed this inaugural podcast. We're going to continue chatting about privacy, what happens if you forget to delete your important information off of a hard drive or a phone. That is, I know, uh, very top of mind for some Canadians and maybe a barrier as to why they don't want to recycle. We're going to address all of that in a future episode. So once again, thanks so much for your time. Pleasure. It's been my pleasure, Mark. It's uh, great working with you again, and I look forward to the next episode. Yeah, me too. All right, thanks for watching A Welcome Diversion. See you next time. Welcome Diversion is brought to you by EPRA Recycle My Electronics. EPRA Recycle My Electronics programs have a vast network of over 2,500 collection locations across Canada, consisting of return to retail locations and authorized drop-off points committed to recycling end-of-life electronics in a responsible manner. To find the location nearest you, visit RecycleMyElectronics.ca. The future is in your hands. Don't let it go to waste.